Beautiful song this morning and a great time to be here to, to hear what the Word of God has for us today. You guys ever just get excited about the Word of God? You realize it's the living Word of God, amen? amen. That it speaks um, to our hearts and it does wonderful things. It changes us. And we know in Scripture it teaches us that our faith grows by the Word of God. So when we come to the house of the Lord, it's more than just coming to church. <laughs> Coming to church is great. I like to see your faces. It's good to see people in the house of the Lord today. But, but more importantly, we understand that the Word of God is alive and it changes us. So as you're here today, I, I want to prompt you. I want to I encourage you to allow the Word of God to wash over you and to change that which is wrong. Because God is a good God. He's, he's brought us to this place today, not just to, to congregate as a group of people, but he has brought us here to be forever changed. And what an amazing God that we serve today. And we're speaking on this life of, of David and of Saul, and, and it's interesting to me, and this, which by the way, this story today is a little weird. <laughs> we're in chapter 28, if you want to go ahead and turn to, to 1 Samuel 28, I kind of wanted to wait until closer to Halloween because it's got this spooky feel to it. And it's, it's, it's one of those stories in Scripture that you're kind of like, what? Is this ghost adventures now or something? Because the, the story is so strange where they're, they're going and they're, they're seeking, uh, you know, after dead people. And hearing the words from dead people. And, and the strange thing about all of this is that a dead person talks to them. That's not normal, is it? Some of you are like, yeah, I live in a haunted house. Okay, that's, we'll get to that later. But the thing is, is that God has called you and I today not to seek after the supernatural or the things of this world. He's called us to seek after him. God has called us to, to be after who he is and to be seeking him in, in all of our ways. And, you know, we all can get in trouble so easily. If we forget who God is, if we forget that he is holy, if we forget that in our lives, you and I need to be seeking holiness as well. We don't hear a lot about that today in today's day and age. You go to a lot of churches and, and they're going to tell you to all feel good about yourself. And I'm all about, you know, including everyone. But, you know, God has not called us just to assemble. He's called us to be changed. He's called us to holiness. He's called us to be people who, who, who seek after him. Today, we're going we're gonna to dedicate a baby here in a little bit, you know? That, to me, that's beautiful, right? And, it's, and there's significance in that. But, but even deeper, when you dedicate a child to God, that, that's, that's not typical for our world today. A lot of people just want to dedicate their kids to sports or college or good jobs. But every parent needs to understand that your primary job in this world is to dedicate your kids to God. It's important. It's important. So as we're, as we're leading up to that here towards the end of the service, I want us to be thinking about where do we stand with God today? Where do you stand with God? Are you making good decisions? Are you seeking uh, the God of the universe as you should? If you would turn to 1 Samuel 28, we'll start with verse 5. 1 Samuel 28, starting there with verse 5. Um, David's still living with the Philistines. He's still running from, from Saul. 
And, and the Philistines have congregated to attack the Israelites. They've, they've, they've gotten together. They're going to attack the Israelites. And, and Samuel's died. You guys remember who Samuel is, right? Samuel was the spiritual leader of the nation. And Samuel's passed on. He's, he's, he's with, with God, as Scripture teaches. He's in Abraham's bosom, right? And, and so we know that he's no longer on this planet walking. And, and Saul becomes afraid. And that's where we pick up here in verse 5. It says, when Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid. And his heart trembled greatly. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by prophets. Then Saul said to his servant, seek out a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, Behold, there is a medium in Endor. So Saul disguised himself and put on other garments and went, he and two men with him. And they came to the woman by night, and he said, Divine for me by his spirit, and bring up for me whomever I shall name to you. The woman said to him, Surely you know what Saul has done. How he has cut off the mediums and the necromancers from the land. Why then are you laying a trap for my life to bring about my death? But Saul swore to her by the Lord. As the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, bring up Samuel for me. And when the woman saw Samuel, everybody underline that, okay? This is happening. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman said to Saul, why have you deceived me? You are Saul. And the king said to her, do not be afraid. What do you see? And the woman said to Saul, I see a God coming up out of the earth. He said to her, what is his appearance? And she said, an old man is coming up and he is wrapped in a robe. And Saul knew that it was Samuel. And he bowed with his face to the ground and he paid homage. Then Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Saul answered, I am in great distress. For the Philistines are warring against me and answers me And God answers me no more, either by prophets or by dreams. Therefore, I have summoned you to tell me what I shall do. And Samuel said, why then do you ask me? Since the Lord has turned from you and become your enemy, the Lord has done to you as he spoke by me. For the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, David. Because you did not obey the voice of the Lord... And did not carry out his fierce wrath against Amalek. Therefore, the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Moreover, the Lord will give Israel also with you into the hand of the Philistines. And tomorrow you and your son shall be with me. The Lord will give the army of Israel also into the hands of the Philistines. Then Saul fell at once full length on the ground, filled with fear because of the words of Samuel. And there was no strength in him, for he had eaten nothing all day and all nights. God, we just turn to you. 
Lord, help us to gather from this story, strange off the top as it is, to gather from there, Lord, what you would have us to hear and to understand. Lord, we know that you are a good and gracious God, and we can learn from this and we can grow. Uh, Lord, help us to be busy about your work, but Lord, more importantly, help us to be seeking after you all the days of our lives. God, if there be someone here today who does not know you, Father, would you begin a work, as I know you have, to draw them to these altars to be forever changed. Thank you, Lord, for who you are in, our na- in your name. Amen. You know, God is so good, isn't he? And you read this story, and it's kind of like, what is going on? I've read through this uh, for the last several months. Every couple weeks, I'll just kind of pull it out and just read it, just because there's a lot to grab here. What, what's going on? It's not typical for the Bible, you know? I said it earlier, some of you guys may be familiar with a show called Ghost Adventures, right? And they go into these haunted buildings, and they've got these devices, and they listen for spirits. And, 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 and honestly, they hear stuff sometimes, right? And it's creepy. Is it real or not? Okay, I'm not here to debate that, but I'm just saying it's creepy if you're watching it at 11 o'clock at night. You're like, what? what? That, that guy just, Zach, they just said your name, you know? And, and what we're reading here in Scripture is something very similar to what we see on television. And, now, and I don't want us to get caught up in that, thinking, well, man, we need to go out here and we need to be calling up spirits. No, 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 no. It's not the story here. It's not the point of the story. The point of the story is that we don't have to turn to Ouija boards. And a lot of people get into Ouija boards and they use them. Don't. We're not to use horoscopes. I don't know if people still do that or not. I see people, you know, they, they claim their, their signs and they go into their horoscopes. That's not biblical. It's, un, it's unbiblical. It's ungodly, actually, to look to other things for your information. We need to be turning to God. So people go to palm readers or, or tarot cards or whatever. And those are things that we shouldn't be involved in. And really, the moral of the story, if you want to look at this, is that you should only turn to Jesus you should only turn to the Word of God. It's not the stuff of this world. Who, who's the way, the truth, and the life? Somebody reminds me. It's Jesus. And it's, not, it's not people that, that divine out stuff from the universe and, and, and get you words from the dead, you know? How in the world, I gotta, this question just bugs me. How in the world does the king of Israel get to a point that he's dressing up in other clothes, disguising himself, Sneaking out and talking to someone that he's banished from his kingdom. How do you get to that point? I'll tell you something, guys. <laughs> you get there because you are not respecting God. You get there because your relationship with God is zero. You're not seeking him in any way. And so I kind of want us to look at that this morning because here's the thing. You and I can get in that boat really easily. We live in a day and age where you don't have to go to the land of Endor to find a medium. You can pop on the internet and find one real quick. There's a website. I don't recommend you guys go there, but just for research purposes, I saw and I looked at it. You can go online and talk with someone. I don't know how real that is, but you can. You can go there and you can say, hey, tell me my future. And they're like, ooh. And through the internet, they tell you your future. You know, that's probably a gimmick, I'm sure. But they do that. That's, that's a thing. That's, that's, people do that today. There's a business for it now. People spend lots of money to go online and get their fortune told. We live in a day and age where we can do that super easy. You, uh, go to Tahlequah. There's, on Main Street, there's, there's, there's tarot car readers. You can go down there. It's been that way a long time. But guys, I got good news for you today. You don't have to go pay anyone. You could just go to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he'll tell you what you need to hear. 
And what we're doing this morning, it's important. It is important what we're doing here this morning. And as we're looking here, I want you guys to understand that there's some things that happen. And this first point I want us to look at this morning is that neglecting our relationship with God leads to... Let's see. Oh, we're going. Okay. <laughs> Let's go backwards here. All right. Neglecting our relationship with God leads to fear. Okay? We'll get there in a minute. There we go. All right. If you neglect your relationship with God, it's going to lead you to fear. Now, there in verse 5, what was Saul? What was he feeling? You guys remember? Fear. He's neglecting God. And we've seen him to, you know, go from mighty King Saul to now a guy who's afraid of the Philistines. And really, honestly, uh, when David was in, uh, you know, about to fight the giant, the giant's in the, in the valley there, and he's, he's cursing God, and he's cursing the Israelites, he was afraid then, too, wasn't he? He didn't know what to do. And all along the way, God's just like, why don't you just turn to me? Fear is a common theme among the unregenerate. It's a common theme. Look at the world today. When was the last time you watched the news and it was just good news? It's all fear, isn't it? When you think about it, you turn on the news and, oh, the president's going to do this or Congress is going to do this or blah, blah, blah. You know, I remember a few years back, they said, well, Obama's going to take your guns. Oh, you know, now they're saying Trump's going to do this. And it's all about fear, isn't it? I'm not talking politics this morning. I'm talking about a world that is unregenerate. I'm not talking about presidents, by the way. I'm talking about society in general. We, it's like we feed off of fear. We feed off of these things. And it doesn't matter what direction, if you're pro-gun or against guns or whatever, what's the, what's the overriding principle here in the gun debates? Whatever side you're on. It's fear. You're either afraid they're going to take your guns or you're afraid, oh, some guy with a gun is going to shoot you. It's all fear. Where is God in that? You know, uh, we talk about women's rights. Nobody likes to talk about children's rights or the unborn's rights. But it's all fear mixed in there, isn't it? People in their marriages because of fear. Churches split because of fear. It's not because of God. God is here offering hope to the hopeless. He's offering to fix what is broken. And so fear is this commonality in the world today. We see it everywhere. Is fear. It's all there. The next point I wanted us to look at there in verse 6, it says, when neglecting our relationship with God, our communication with God suffers. Now, read that again. Some of you are going to be like, well, that's really deep. If we're not friends with God, then we're not talking to Him. But I want us to think about that. Let that wash over your brain for a second. When neglecting our relationship with God, our communication with God suffers. You quit hanging out with your wife, what happens? There's no communication. Or your husband, or, or your church, or your employer. If you just quit hanging out at work, do you think that's going to affect your job status? For most jobs, right? But the thing is here is that it sounds simple, but I want you to think on this concept for a minute. I want you to think about what it means that if you're not in relationship with God, we have every reason to be in relationship with God today. It's a wonderful place to be. But if you're not in relationship with Him, how do you ever expect to hear Him? And if you're not hearing Him, how are you basing your decision making? What are you basing it on? 
If you're not listening to God for your information and for what you need in this world, how are, your, your decision is going to be poor at best. You see, when we are not in relationship with God, we're not hearing him, and so we're making bad decisions. Saul is a prime example of that. And even at this point, David is a prime example. Amen? He's living with the Philistines. David is in rebellion right now. Saul is in rebellion right now. Samuel is, well, Samuel's dead, but he's in, he's in Abraham's bosom. He's in a good place. But I guarantee you, I'd rather be in Abraham's bosom than to be living in this world and have all of the wealth and everything and be lost. And Saul is lost, church. Saul is lost, and he's, he's lost, and he's living in fear, and his communication with God's not there. There in verse 6, it says that you know, he would turn to the prophets and the prophets wouldn't speak. It would turn to the Urim. Uh, you can, we're not going to get into that today, but it was a, a device that they would use, um, a vest that they would use to, to kind of hear from God and make decisions. And the Israelites had used this for battle stuff and for making decisions for the nation, and it wasn't working. And also said that God wasn't speaking to him through dreams. There was nothing working. He was, he was seeking out, but it wasn't happening. But the thing is, is do you think God really wasn't speaking this to him? God has been speaking to Saul all along. He'd been speaking through Samuel. He'd been speaking through David. He'd been speaking through other people in his kingdom. And Saul just wasn't wanting to hear it. Because his relationship from God was so far removed, he wasn't listening anymore. He wasn't listening anymore. Is that you today? Are you so far re- removed from God that you just, you think that church is dumb? Are you so far removed from God that the Bible is just is pointless, that preachers are pointless, that churches are pointless? Are you so far removed from God? I, I know we can get really you know, sure about what we feel and think is right, but that's not the truth. We live by faith and not by sights. And faith in Jesus is where it's at, church. Faith in who he is. Saul had lost that. He no longer had faith in his God anymore. He had lost that. He would walked away. And I guarantee you, the nature of God, when we see the nature of God, God would have welcomed him back with open arms. That's the God that we serve here. Saul's gone. Saul's out here and he's doing his own thing. He's living in fear. He's he's not communicating with God. The last point I wanted us to look at this morning in verse 7, we see where he begins to do desperate things. That point there says neglecting our relationship with God will lead to desperate things. Acts. Everybody think about that for a moment. If you're not communicating, you're living in fear, how are you going to act? You ever, seen a, you ever seen a mouse run through your house? I've never seen a mouse just be like, so. I've never seen a mouse do that. How are they, how are they behaving? Because I hate it. <laughs> like, if I could just hold a mouse in my hand, I'd probably be okay. But the way they just go, phew. Or a snake. Does a snake ever come up and say, hey, Daniel, what's up? No, they sneak up on you. It's, it's like this, this chaotic fear that they have in their life. Because we, we had a mouse in the house this past week. The, the mouse has since deceased. <laughs> Thank God. Joni kept saying, that's a mouse. I just saw a mouse running run back to the garage area. And I'm like, no, there's no You sure it's not a fly or something like that? No, it's a mouse. Okay, I'll put out a trap. Yep, it was a mouse. But that mouse lived in fear, right? It wasn't like, what's up, Daniel? Give me some crumbs. No. Saul, Saul's living like a little mouse. 
Not a church mouse, mind you. He's a mouse that, uh, you know, is, is fearful. I do have to tell a story when I was pastoring at Quentin some, golly, 16 years ago. I had a mouse in my office there at Quentin First Church of God. Had a mouse. And he would come every Sunday morning. <laughs> he would come. I'm not lying about this. And I'm kind of a tender-hearted guy, you know. And uh, this mouse, I should have put poison out, but it like became a thing. Like I would go up on Sunday mornings like I do here and pray and just prepare my heart. And I would be sitting in my office and I would see this little, two little beady eyes and a nose just looking out from this door. I had like my own like restroom in my office there, you know. I'd see this little nose and eyes come out and just sit there and look at me while I was praying. And I just kind of perpetuated it. And, you know, and I would, uh, the next week I'd come and I'd throw a cheese it down because every church has Cheez-Its in the nursery, you know. So I'd throw a cheese it down and he'd eat it. And I, I kind of had this pet mouse, you know. I know, it's dumb. I don't do that here, by the way. <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> but I fed this mouse and this mouse was happy. Well, I had this, you know, I was like, this mouse is different. He's not afraid of me. Like, I had tamed this mouse a true church mouse, I had tamed him, and he, he, was, he was not scared of me. You know why he wasn't scared of me? Because I interacted with him. Not in a negative way. He didn't have, you know, all of that. I respected him. I did all of that, I guess, as much as you can respect a church mouse. Which kind of, it's a tragic ending. Um, I had some PTSD from this one for sure, but... Uh, uh, I showed up one, <laughs> showed, showed up one uh, Sunday morning, and in the kitchen area there was a trap, and there was a mouse in it. And he was gone. Uh, one of our good elders over there, he decided to put traps out because he saw him too, but uh, it was a different reaction. <laughs> but in our modern society, we got a lot of people that are just running around like mice, and they're they're not they're 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 afraid, right? They're scared. They're not communicating with the people around them. And in modern society, we here's another thing we don't see: we don't see respect for people. People don't respect each other. There's a whole issue in our society. For as long as mankind has existed, people have not respected each other. They look at they 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 get different classes of people, you know, and and that's that's just dumb because we're all created in the image of God. No respects. There's no honor. People don't honor each other. And, and guys, the big thing is, is people aren't seeking holiness in their life. They're not. Yesterday, uh, it was a beautiful weekend. You know, my cousin, Javen, uh, she's just, just an awesome lady. Believer in Jesus Christ, and you know, she got married to this guy named Max. And you know, Javen, she was my little cousin always. And I always just, I just, she, we'd go have family stuff. She'd always want to play and stuff. And I just I always thought a lot of Javen and her family and and, and her brother uh, Chase. I just love those people. And um, anyway, she gets married this weekend, right? And and I'm kind of like, ah, oh, you know, is anybody good enough? For, you know, for for people you know. And and I met Max, and he just seems to be a great guy. And, um, it was wonderful during the service they wrote their own vows and a lot of times that's disastrous but man their vows were so biblical and just honoring of God and, and as we were at this this wedding you know I was thinking this this night and y'all can attest to this I this night was very to me was like a picture of what life is supposed to be like you have people honoring God you have people honoring each other. And really, in marriage, every time a marriage falls apart, it's because people quit honoring each other. They quit respecting each other. They think of themselves higher than their spouse. 
And, 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 and they don't seek holiness from God. And, and I always tell people in marriage, you know, when, when I do a ceremony that, um, you know, we need to respect each other. Paul talks about it, right? You know, the, the, the men are to love their, their wives and wives are to respect their husbands. And you've got this, this back and forth and it's not like, you know, one person's better than the other or anything like that. That's not what marriage is about. It's, it's about putting God there in the middle as you walk together. And, and, and honestly, yesterday I told them that, and their, their vows were beautiful. And then when it's over, you know, there's the big kiss, right? And then they're pronounced their husband and wife, and they go down the aisle. And then there's a celebration, right? You guys ever been to a really good wedding and people really celebrate? I know I'm Baptist, but when we had a dance, right? It was cool. Your worship leader, she was getting down there last night. She was having a good time, you know, and we just, we had a good time. And I thought, man, the picture of, the picture of life should be this. Because a lot of us, we have this picture of heaven as a bunch of, you know, naked babies floating on clouds playing harps. There might be that. I don't even know where that came from. But I want to tell you something, that when we get through this life, there is going to be a celebration in heaven like you've never experienced before. And actually, the Bible talks about it as the marriage feast of the Lamb. So this life is a, is, a, is a time in which we take our lives and we give it to God and we give all glory to God and we respect each other and we respect God and we live in holiness and we don't live in fear and we're not like a bunch of church mice running around scared. We walk in freedom. We walk in love. We walk in joy. We walk in peace, not because we're good enough, but because God is. When I think about that, man, yesterday was just like a picture of what life is supposed to be like. Man, enjoy life. Enjoy life. Some of y'all be like, well, I don't dance. I'm a Baptist. Enjoy life. The, the Bible teaches us to do everything as if to the glory of God. Everything. You know, Paul talks about food. And he talks about drink. And he talks about all this, right? If you get into the scriptures, it teaches us that we are to be people that do everything for the glory of God. That everything that we do, you can live this life. And I dare say, you can dance and give glory to God in that. There should be celebration at a wedding. And guys, I'll tell you something. One of these days as a church, we are going to celebrate what the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords has done. You and I will celebrate. And when I think about all my brothers and sisters across the world that I know because of Jesus, one day I will be on a dance floor in heaven praising my God. Amen. I can't wait for that day. But in the meantime, we can't lose. We can't lose it. In the meantime, we can't forget who he is and what he's done for us. I, I want to read this because I think uh, Matthew Henry had it all right. Okay, these are my notes from the wedding, right? And, and I quoted this because I, I quoted some weddings and some others. It just kind of depends on what I'm writing at. My, my wedding sermons are pretty much the same. You know, I mean, I've got the same thing to say to people because it's the same for all of us. We need respect and we need Jesus. But Matthew Henry, uh, the great commentator, he, he wrote this about marriage, okay? I want you guys to hear this. The woman was made out of a rib, out of the side of Adam. Not made out of his head to rule him. Not out of his feet to be trampled upon by him. But out of his side to be equal with him. Under his arm to be protected by him. And near his heart to be beloved. Guys, when you think about marriage, do we often think about marriage as a beloved thing? I mean, you turn on The Simpsons, or you turn on some show, and it kind of makes light of marriage. And I know there's funny stuff in marriage, definitely. 
I've been married almost 20 years. Yeah, there's funny stuff in marriage. But marriage is a holy estate instituted by God. And that's just one little area of our lives. I believe that church is a holy estate instituted by God as well. And this place should be holy. You should feel safe here. You know, and and that, that this should be a place that you come and experience freedom. And so we, we come together in that, in that line of thinking that, that we need to be seeking holiness, that we need to be honoring each other, respecting each other, not running around in fear, not being a people who are uh, not communicating with God and getting word directly from the throne. Because God offers his people freedom. He offers us joy. And a lot of people, they think about church or they think about God and they think, man, I don't want to do that because I've got to quit doing this and I've got to quit doing that. Here's the thing. If it's causing you to sin, you need to quit it. But the thing is, is that God wants us to live in freedom. And I'll tell you something. I've never been more free than when I've been walking with Jesus. I've never been more free. It's kind of like this. I tell people this. This is what walking with Jesus is like. It's like getting on the highway and setting your cruise on what the speed limit says. You don't have to worry about anything, right? They can't pull you over. They might. But they can't. They're not supposed to pull you over. If you're not breaking the speed limit, they're not supposed to pull you over. They might just pull you over and just, just check on you, right? I don't want to check it. Your headlights out or whatever, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I got a police officer here, I better be quiet. But but you know what I'm saying? I, I drive in freedom most of the time because I set just like every good American, I set my cruise ten over the speed limit. I do, you know? So I, I drive in freedom everywhere I go. I was booking it down the Durant the other day and that rainstorm came through, you guys saw that? And uh I was going too fast. I was going about 80, 85. I mean, I was booking it. I'm looking, you know, my, I wasn't looking at my phone. But uh, <laughs> my GPS is telling me, Daniel, you, you've got an hour and six minutes, and, like, we're an hour and eight minutes away. And I'm like, oh. Which, by the way, we, we, we got there in time to the, the rehearsal and all that. But when I think about it, you know, that walking with Jesus is in the same way, that I don't have to worry about what happens in this world. I am held in the hands of an almighty king. I love raising kids. Man, I've got two great older kids. I got an adult child. That's so weird to think sometimes. You know, she's doing her thing. I hadn't seen her in two weeks till like Friday. That's hard on dad. I'm glad she's here today. I'm glad you're here, sis. But the thing is, is that it's really cool because raising kids, it's, it's cool to expose them to Jesus and show them who Jesus is. Another night, old Jaron, he's just crying. He's, he's upset. We're in a hotel room. He's just like, why are we paying to sleep in somebody else's bed, you know? And, and we're sitting there, and he's crying. And it, it's just like, Jaron, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And we're trying everything. And his mama started singing him little lullabies. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves the little children, you know? He's got the whole world in his hands. When she got to, he got the whole world in his hands, it's like he stopped and looked at her like, huh. I don't know if he had that deep theological thought. I want to think he did. But you know, Jesus has us in his hands. And I have no doubt my kids remember that song because their mama sang that song to them. When they were little, and they were pooping themselves and crying, you know? Last year. But... Uh, <laughs> There it is. <laughs> Dad can't just be sweet, right? But those truths resonate for your entire lifetime. I can remember it too. My mom sang those songs to me. 
We lose all of that, just like Saul lost all of that. When when we forget who God is and we forget living for Him, we forget seeking holiness, we we forget all about honoring each other and honoring God. You guys realize today that by being in church, you're honoring God? You are. You, You that are members here, you're honoring this body by being here. Churches can't happen if people just don't show up. We need you, and you need us, and it's, 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 a, it's a reciprocal type thing. We need each other, and we need God. It, it works like a marriage, and marriage is the same way that if, you, if you've got problems in your marriage, it's probably because one of these things is missing, or all of them. You're, you're not seeking holiness. as you, know, you guys are not being the spiritual leader of your household. And people say, well, what does that look like? Man, it's not just sitting there preaching to your kids all the time. It's showing them how to live life. It's not just preaching to your wife or your wife's preaching to your husband. It's about showing us how to live life and showing us that we love each other and honoring and respecting each other as well. Saul had forgot all of that. He's running around like a little mouse. David, at this point in his life, David is running around like a little mouse. Man, I'm ready to do a baby dedication this morning. But before we do that, would you turn to Psalm 51? I love this psalm because... We see in the next chapter, we see in the next chapter that Saul and his sons are killed, as predicted, as told by God himself, right? Your lives will end tomorrow. Samuel said, tomorrow you guys will be with me in Abraham's bosom. That tells me a lot because I think God still has grace on people too. I think it's very possible, and I, I'm not here to, I'm not a judge, so I can't say, but I think it's very possible that one day you will meet Saul in heaven. But that's neither here nor there. Some people say, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, he did go to Abraham's bosom and wait until the day when Christ redeemed them all. So maybe we're going to see Saul. I hope we do, and I hope his testimony, he may be, y- y'all think David's crazy here in a few chapters where he's running through the streets naked and he's dancing in the glory of God, you know? Y'all think he's crazy. Saul's probably going to be ten times more crazy because he really went through some bad stuff. He knows exactly how terrible he was and how God has grace. Now, will God have grace with him? If he'll accept it. I don't know what happens. We'll find out one of these days, so stay tuned. But Psalm 51, guys, I want you to listen to this because we know in this life that Saul fails, Saul dies, his kingdom is taken from him. We know that David messes up time and time and time again. And we know that David is a, known as the man who is after God's own heart, right? We understand that. And, and, and David writes here in Psalm 51. I want you guys just to listen to this, and then we're going to close in prayer. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me against you and only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, You delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret hearts. Guys, circle that last verse there. 
You delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Guys, there in that, that last chapter that we was reading in 1 Samuel 28, you know, Saul goes to a necromancer, someone who pulls up spirits and talks to him. And, and it's interesting because that woman gets freaked out. Someone who does that for a living, she's scared. You know why she's scared? Because God allowed this to happen for a reason. And Samuel comes up and talks to Saul and says, hey, I don't know why you're calling me up. You already know what's going to happen. You already know you can turn back to God. God's already put the decree out. Hey, if you don't turn from your ways, you're gonna, you're, it's going to be bad. But Saul continues and continues in his sin and doesn't ever repent. Here in Psalm 51, we see where David asks for what? For forgiveness. Search my heart, O oh God. I look to you, your steadfast love. I look to you, God. And, and, and in that last verse, he says, you delight in truth. He's talking about God. And really, that's a declaration. You delight in truth, so I want to delight in truth, in the inward being. And I love that last verse. And you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. And wouldn't that be a beautiful worship song? You teach me wisdom in the sacred heart. In other words, God comes to us all individually. We're not all saved in the same place or at the same time or the same age. God comes to us, and in our secret heart, he makes things right. In the Old Testament um, and in Jewish writings, the word wisdom is often equated to God. Uh, when Solomon is writing in Song of Solomon about wisdom and all this kind of stuff, you know, and in Proverbs you're reading about wisdom, it's really talking about God. It's not wisdom like, you know, E equals MC squared and how to get to the moon and back and all this kind of stuff. It's, it's really knowing God. It's, that's what wisdom is. The wisdom is actually, you know, when you read about wisdom crying in the wilderness or wisdom doing this or wisdom doing that and, and wisdom is crying out for people to come forth. It's really God calling. Does God bless us with knowledge? You bet he does. You bet he does. But more than that, it's in your secret heart that God calls you to know him. David, man, he was able to write about it. Well, did Saul come to uh, repentance uh, when Jesus died on the cross? I don't know. That's a good question, isn't it, Jim? <laughs> did, did, did Saul come to know Jesus? I don't know. But, but the thing is, is that I know by looking at these writings today in Psalm 51 that David went through and did some terrible things in his life. But in the end, he was able to say, God, forgive me. Show me your wisdom. Show me you and who you are. God is so good, isn't he? Would you bow your heads? Thank you, God. I praise you for... Uh, just blessing our, our fellowship here. And Lord, for blessing your church worldwide. But Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand not to go seeking after the things of this world for our answers. Saul went after a necromancer. He, he went to her to try to figure out what to do. And in his heart, he knew what to do, but he wouldn't let go of his own selfish pride. He wouldn't let go of what he felt was right. He, he was doing what he thought was right instead of looking to you, the author and finisher of our faith. God, I ask that you would, just, you would direct people today to know you. Father, whether they've never asked you into their heart before, our God, if, if they're a follower of you, but they're just kind of... They're walking in fear somewhat. They're, they're not talking to you. They're not communicating with you. 
Father, they're not honoring you or people. They're not uh, seeking holiness in their life. God, whatever it is that, that people are dealing with today, God, would you call people to repentance that they may have life through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for his, his atoning sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. And that if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. Father, today we walk not by our might or our power, but we walk by the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Thank you for choosing us today, God. Would you bless this time of prayer and this time, Lord, of dedication in your most holy name. Amen.